Hi guys, thank you once again for joining me for an episode of After She Reads. I'm excited again to share with you today. So before we start, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you this day thanking you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, dear Lord, for you have sustained us and you've given us life for another day. Father, I pray that as I'm about to share your word, your Holy Spirit be here with me, helping me to articulate myself well, helping me to speak in a way that your people will understand. Thank you for each and every one you have allowed to listen to this podcast, and I pray, dear Lord, that in everything your name may be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, as I say, Amen. Today's share is quite interesting for me. It was more of, um, I was singing the song, Go down, Moses, deep down in Egypt land. Tell Lord Pharaoh to let my people go. If you've ever watched Prince of Egypt, you know the song. I thought it was iconic at the time, and it still is. I feel like Prince of Egypt is still my favorite film one of them at least uh okay enough about that so when you're reading of god fighting for his people to come out of egypt you see a god who is full of love the god who said he would never leave nor forsake the god who said he would fight your battles for you a god that doesn't give up a god full of passion and compassion He was not about to leave his people to be enslaved in Pharaoh's land. The journey from Egypt to the promised land was not easy, but some of his people made it to the promised land, which is great. I wanted to paint that picture before actually telling you what I've been studying so that hopefully you could paint the image I see. I've been studying the book of Ezekiel. I'm very happy that I've managed to get past chapter 7. The book just never seems to call me. It sounds horrible, I know. But look, I'm at chapter 22 now. So, progress. <laughs> in the reading, uh, sorry, in, the re- in reading the book of Ezekiel, you almost find a different God. Let me explain. The God in Ezekiel is tired of his people. This doesn't mean he has given up on them. It just means he doesn't understand how his chosen people are so sinful. The people he chose and fought for with love. The people he brought to the best land in the world at the time, which was overflowing with milk and honey. These same people he provided for, supplied their every need gave them all the gold and silver these same people that he defended they went on to build idols and worship the sun sacrificing to their gods what god had provided for them it was a mess guys in chapter 16 Esau is symbolized as a as an adulterous wife When you read the chapter, it opens you up to almost feel what God felt. I felt so, 
I felt so much betrayal when I was reading that chapter. You know, it's almost like when someone has done everything for you and in the end use everything they've done for you against them almost. And the betrayal, the hurt, the pain, you you can feel it as you read that chapter. And I felt so bad because I was like, somewhere in whatever way, this is me sinning against God after he has done so much for me, you know? After he has gone out of his way to provide for me. When yeah, when I just read that chapter, I think you guys should read it. I can't read the whole chapter for you guys, but yes, you should read it. Then the God you find is someone who has in a way given up on his people. A God who is tired of his people, sinfulness. A God who sees his people break his very first commandment. A God who is jealous and full of wrath. A God who is ready to forsake his people. A God who is willing for the land he called a holy place for his people to be filled with bloodshed of his people. So that they would never be remembered. At this point it's almost as if he's embarrassed to be their God. He didn't care much about his reputation anymore because his people acted as if they were not his chosen. They were such a bad representation of God. Through all this, God opening up Israel to be scattered among the nations and Babylon to be their sword, he still had love in him. This is what I found interesting because you read how he is so angry and how he's telling Ezekiel to do all of these things and say all of these things to the Israelites. But in all of that, you still find love. He had hoped that they would go out there and remember their God. He still saved a remnant because God is a God of his word. He promised Jacob that his lineage would go on. And in chapter 20, though you see Israel being purged, you also see it being renewed. It's almost like he was, you know, when you do a spring clean and you take out all the stuff you don't need anymore, all the stuff which just does not make sense, you know. Maybe spring clean is not even the right one. You know, when you go to a hoarder's house and you just have to take out all the stuff that they've been hoarding and leave them with only what they need. That's literally what was being done to Israel. God was removing all the bad and staying with the good. He just wanted the good seed, something that could grow, not all the stunted and dead stuff. He didn't want that. And that's what you see. But the most amazing thing after seeing that is that you realize that he's the same God. So he's barely the opposite, you know. Um, He is the same God. The one, he's the same God as the one who took them out of Egypt. God still wanted them to be free from their bondage. Their slavery was just now in the form of sin. 
and he was still fighting for his people. It's almost like he was fighting for his people whilst fighting with his people. And he still had so much passion and compassion for his people. It's all his motivation was towards his people. He wanted good for his people. He wanted them to have the life that he had imagined for them. The life that he pinned down and said that this would be perfect for my people. He wanted them to love him also the way that he loved them. You know, a love that is, um, that is true. A love that's always standing. The, a love that does not hurt. You know, just a pure love. He wanted that from them. Because he gave it to them. And I guess it's also true to our own lives that sometimes you give the truest of love. But it's not always given back. And he's an all-knowing God. But I would just say, I guess God also learned that about the humans. That they are not that loyal sometimes. It's... Is yeah, it's it's a horrible quality, but it's it's true sometimes. God was still the same God. He loved. He was full of wrath, but he loved. In his wrath, there was still love. He was. You know when you're reading in Proverbs and they're saying that parents. Uh, in love, you should discipline your kids so that they may know the way or, you know, be good in life. I'm sorry, I'm paraphrasing so badly. <laughs> it's the same thing he was doing. He was disciplining his children so that they may remember the right way to go in life. That they may remember who has been fighting their battles, who... Has never left them or forsaken them. He just wanted them to remember that he is God. And that's the same thing he wants us to do today. Because we have idols. It's different for us. Most of us, I would say. We might not actually go and melt silver and gold to make our idols, but... We have our, our own idols. We have them in the photos, in the forms of our phones, our work. Um, sad to say, but sometimes even our families, our lovers, our husbands, our wives, um, the churches we go to, the pulpits. Um, we idolize that a lot. Um, people. Sometimes worship the pastor or the prophet or the preacher, the Pope, more than they worship God. And once again, we're doing the same thing that the Israelites were doing. Breaking the first commandment. Thou shalt not worship any idols. I don't know why it's so easy for us to just idolize everything around us and sometimes you don't see it 
sometimes we're so blind to it. But it's there. Um, and that's one thing we have to pray for. We have to pray that God shows us our idols. And that he helps us to purge them out of our lives. And not only him helping us to do it, but he must also make our help us make our will willing to be, you know, helped by him to to do that for ourselves. We still have um what do we call it? Free will. So we still have to allow him to take control of that so that we can actually get rid of all this idols that surround us for some people it's even funny because you might end up idolizing let's say your your child god gives you a child and it's something you've always wanted you prayed for this child but then he becomes your idol he becomes that one thing that takes all your attention from god you know but it's a thing you prayed for and god gave you so instead of giving yourself more time with God in thankfulness and gratefulness and prayer, teaching that child of God, you are now too occupied with that thing. Idolatry is a, is a funny thing, man. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I am so glad that I managed to do this episode and i just want to say thank you thank you thank you to everyone who has been supporting me have a good day